Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week. And as always, before we start, because we got some interesting ones this week, I want to thank the people that sent me a lot of these. I can't do it without you. Thank you very much. And that would be Jay Dance, Barrett Peterson, Chris Fallon, and Bjorn Gustafsson. Thank you so very much, guys. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way, and I'll give you a shout-out here and also on my Nashie Syndicated radio show. And with that, let's start down under with Australia's Telstra. They are the largest telecom in that country. And basically on Sunday, this past Sunday, meaning yesterday, today's our time, uh, they basically said that 132,000 customers were impacted by an internal error that led to the disclosure of customer details. Now, Telstra has over 18.8 million customers in Australia. That's three quarters of Australia's population. And they said in an internal review that the details were made publicly available due to a, quote, misalignment of databases, end quote. They have fixed that since then. But heads up to you if you are one of the three quarters of Australians down under that use Telstra. That is obviously most of you. Moving on. Sticking in the Commonwealth, let's head on over to Canada and talk about Ontario's COVID-19 vaccine management system. This is actually an update because 12 months after police charged two men with compromising Ontario's COVID-19 vaccine management system, the province has identified and started notifying the 360,000 residents whose personal data was copied out of this. Now, the two, these two people, a 22-year-old from Gloucester, Ontario, uh, who worked at the vaccine uh, contact center in the Ministry of Government and Consumer services and a Quebec man have each been charged with unauthorized use of a computer. So heads up to you, residents of Ontario. Uh, basically, your entire province was hit. 360,000 of you uh, were affected. Hopefully, if you're watching or listening to this, you were not. But definitely, definitely wait for that letter. Move on. Let's talk about Suffolk University because on November 30th, they reported a data breach with the Attorney General's office in several states after learning that an unauthorized party was able to access and remove certain files containing sensitive student information from their network. According to Suffolk University, uh, we are talking about full name, social security, driver's license, uh, state IDs, financial account information, and protected health info. Recently, Suffolk sent out data breach letters to affected parties. Moving on, let's talk about Black Gould and Associates, whatever they do. On December 5th, they reported a data breach with Maine's Attorney General after they discovered uh, consumer information stored on their computer systems were compromised after an unauthorized party gained access to their network. And according to them, leaked information includes first and last names, social security, dates of birth, addresses of certain people who purchased an insurance policy, so now we know what they do, sold by one of their brokers or agents, and obviously they sent letters out as well. So heads up to you, uh, Black Gould and Associates uh, Consumers, or BGA. Moving on. Let's talk about Veros Credit because on December 8th, they reported a breach to the Texas Attorney General's office that basically uh, said that an unauthorized party was able to access confidential consumer information in Veros Credit's infrastructure. Here, we're talking names, addresses, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, financial account information, insurance information, and medical information were compromised. They also sent letters out, so heads up to you, any Vero, Veros Credit users. Moving on, let's talk about lighting giant Acuity. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, 
basically they had two data breaches that were suffered by their company in recent years, including one that may have actually involved ransomware. And this is all just coming to light. In a data security incident notice published in recent days, Acuity Brands said that it became aware of unauthorized access to its systems and data in early December of 2021. Here we are a year later. Now, the investigation into the incident revealed a separate unrelated breach that happened in October of 2020, which also involved attempts to copy files out from their infrastructure. Investigation revealed that the information compromised in the two incidents belonged to current and former employees and members of Acuity's health plan. There was no indication that customer data was stolen, but this took forever. I mean, we're talking two plus years on one of these data breaches. I mean, they've really got it together internally, especially for an organization as large as them. You'd think they'd have better internal quality control. Moving on, let's talk about Upper Peninsula Power Company, because on November 23rd, they reported a data breach to Maine's attorney general. And they basically said that they had an unauthorized party that was able to access uh, sensitive customer information. And so we are talking about first and last name, social security numbers being compromised as well. They sent letters out. So heads up to you if you use Upper Peninsula Power Company for all your power needs. Moving on, let's talk about McMillan. On December 5th, McMillan reported a data breach to the Texas Attorney General, and according to them, the sensitive information that was hit was consumer names, addresses, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and financial account information being compromised. Recently, McMillan sent out data breach letters as well, and so I guess whoever's running their cybersecurity isn't a McMillan man. If you get that reference, great TV show. Moving on, let's talk about Knox College out of Galesburg, Illinois. I had actually friends that went to Knox way back in the day. Now, in an email sent to a number of Knox students this past Wednesday, a group claiming to be Hive ransomware gang said they encrypted critical infrastructure and data, uh, basically compromised the college backup servers and mine sensitive personal information like medical records and social security numbers. Their ransom email said, quote, in less than 24 hours, your data will be leaked on our site. Additionally, all of your SSN, social security numbers, and medical records will be put up for sale for every hacker to gain access and use your data in whatever illegal activity they want, end quote. So Heads up to you. If you go to Knox College, you're currently under attack. And if you went there before, heads up to all of my past friends that went to Knox College. You might want to check in, make sure this breach didn't go back all the way to basically the Stone Age when we were in college. Moving on. And I did not go to Knox for the record. Moving on. Let's talk about Florida Department of Revenue. This is Florida's state IRS. Basically, a security researcher, Cameron Motion, discovered a flaw in uh, the Florida Department's Revenue Service, which exposed over 713,000 Floridians, including their social security numbers, physical addresses, and bank account details, among other sensitive data. Sensitive customer information is things like names, email, um, email addresses, physical and mailing addresses, businesses with other uh, associated critical information, visas, employee identification numbers, social security numbers, and bank account details. So heads up to you if you live in Florida and you pay tax taxes in that state, and I have to imagine you do if you're a Floridian or a business in Florida, heads up to you, definitely check in. Moving on. Let's head on over to Paris and talk about the Andre Mignot, or Mignot, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, I apologize if I'm not, the Andre Mignot Teaching Hospital. They had to shut down their systems uh, basically due to a ransomware attack that hit phones and computers that happened Saturday morning, and currently uh, the hospital is only accepting walk-ins and consultations and basically had to partially cancel uh, their operations. It was also forced to transfer six patients from its neonatal and intensive care units to other health 
healthcare facilities around Paris, and that's according to France's Minister of Health and Prevention, Francois Braun. So this obviously is a huge problem. I'm never, ever a fan of anybody getting hit, but especially hospitals, because people can die. So hopefully the André Mignot hospital in Paris will get their act together, get it fixed up, and I hope everybody in Paris that needs healthcare is safe and avoiding them at the moment. Moving on. Let's talk about the Hudson uh, County Schools of Technology in New Jersey. And I actually love how NJ.com, this is the source I'm getting it from, opened the reporting on this one. And I quote, the Hudson County Schools of Technology took a trip back in time to the 1980s for a second straight day Tuesday. Now, obviously, that's obviously uh, basically a nod to uh, their outage right now. They're not saying it's ransomware, but their infrastructure is down. School had to be postponed. They've been scrambling for the last few days or week or so. And so obviously that's a huge thing. So if you are in um, basically that area, Hudson County Schools uh, of Technologies District, heads up to you. You guys are going through what looks like a ransomware attack, even though they're not saying it from what I could read. Moving on, let's talk about popular HR and payroll company Sequoia, because they sent disclosures to customers that the beginning of the month that they had detected unauthorized access to one of their cloud storage repositories that contained an array of sensitive and personal information related to Sequoia One customers. Now, they notified both its corporate and individual customers about who may have been impacted uh, by this. Now, they said this occurred between September 22nd and October 6th. The company is offering victims three years of free Experian Identity Protection Services. And basically, their breach cloud system stored a whole bunch of data, including names, addresses, dates of birth, gender, marital status, employment status, social security numbers, work email addresses, wage data related to benefits, and member IDs, as well as other ID cards, COVID-19 tests results, vaccine cards that individuals uploaded to employment systems, all that kind of stuff. So basically anything, anything, anything to do with HR that Sequoia was hosting was apparently breached and exposed. Not good. So heads up to you. If you're a Sequoia or Sequoia One customer, definitely check in. And quick update on the Little Rock, Arkansas School District. Uh, They basically decided to move forward with a settlement agreement after a recent cyber attack happened last month. I reported on this a week or two ago. Their board ultimately decided in a 6-3 vote to pay the attackers the ransom in hopes to receive the information that was stolen uh, basically and unstick themselves. The ransom is estimated to be about $250,000, although these things can be negotiated. If if the attackers are asking for $250,000, you're not giving them $250,000. You're you're getting that down if you're doing your job right. So good luck to you, Little Rock School District in Arkansas. Hopefully you'll get everything back. Ransomware is never fun. And finally... And we have a couple finalies for you today. The first one, interestingly enough, is Indian cybersecurity firm Cloud Sek. Now, this is interesting because Cloud Sek says that a threat actor gained access to its Confluence server using stolen credentials from one of its employees' Jira accounts. Now, if you don't know Confluence and Jira, they're used very heavily for business organization. Those kinds of things are excellent products, for the record. Now, while some internal information, including screenshots of product dashboards and three customer names and purchase orders, were exfiltrated from their wiki in Confluence, Cloud SEK says the attackers did not compromise the database, although although the threat actor is now trying to sell SEK's alleged database for $10,000 US, the code base and employee engineering product documentation for $8,000 US apiece. Now, here's where it gets interesting, though, and why it's one of the finalies. Cloud SEK has already tightened its circle of suspects, and in an update to his blog post, their CEO, Sassy, claims another cybersecurity company known for tracking dark web developments may have have been behind this breach. 
meaning another cybersecurity outfit may have basically interrupted and breached another cybersecurity firm. And to quote that post, we suspect a notorious cybersecurity company that is into dark web monitoring behind the attack. Now, he also goes on to say, and I quote, the attack and the indicators connect back to an attacker with a notorious history of using similar tactics we have observed in the past. Now, Bleeping uh, Computer reached out uh, basically for more info, but they didn't provide any more details on that. But that obviously is a huge allegation. I'm always of the mindset of we are best in any industry, but especially in cybersecurity, when we are down millions of bodies worldwide and being overwhelmed and going through burnout. I literally just wrote an article for Forbes on that, basically collaboration is the name of the game. There are a lot of great cybersecurity firms out there, mine included, I'd like to think, and, and I want to collaborate with them. I don't want to sit there and, and, and break into them and rip off business. Basically, we all have black belts in hacking. We all have black belts in, in offensive and defensive security. We should really be practicing what, I, uh, what we preach, but we really need to help each other out. And if you're a cybersecurity uh, professional working, uh, you know, or I should say listening to this, obviously working in the field, listening or watching this, I'd much rather collaborate with you than be at odds with you. You know, we may have different philosophies or approaches, but at the end of the day, the goal is to help the world. The goal is to be a service of defense, you know, for the world, whether we're, we're being proactive in our defense or, or whatever that is. You know, red team, blue team, you take your pick, but we're all in this together. And so that's not cool. If Cloud SEK really was hit by a third party, and, and that happens to be a legit cybersecurity firm, not some, you know, government intelligence cutout, that's deeply, deeply concerning for our industry. And I think we need to take notice of that and shun that wherever we see that. It's bad enough. We've got criminal attackers. It's even worse if we're turning on ourselves. We don't have that luxury right now. You know these data breaches get crazier and crazier every single week because I report on them, and here you are. So that's obviously nuts. And finally, finally, and this is our last finally for the week, we're going to be talking about multiple restaurants in the city of Cincinnati, Ohio. And this is an interesting one because I really think it underscores a few critical things that a lot of people don't think about as they are planning cyber defense. And we'll talk about that in a second. But here's what's going on. Multiple restaurants in Cincinnati have been fighting cyber attacks, uh, basically who have stolen thousands of dollars and damaged their reputations and shut down their social media sites. So for example, there's a restaurant in Cincinnati apparently called Arnold's. I do not know restaurants in Cincinnati. So if you're in Cincinnati, you might know Arnold's, but their owner, Chris Bredeen, said that basically these thieves hacked into one of their social media accounts and then got into their Facebook site. Once there, they were able to tap into the bank accounts that were associated or linked to the Facebook account of Arnold's. They bought ads, uh, basically turning money uh, from bank accounts into Facebook advertising currency to be used in other countries, and then to ensure Arnold couldn't get back into their social media accounts, the basically the attackers posted what is called severely inappropriate material that got Arnold's account banned for life. And to talk about this, Mr. Bredeen, and I quote, I'm like super banned. I couldn't I couldn't be more banned since they posted explicit material. It triggers an auto ban. So that auto ban hit me. Then it blocked me from getting to my business page. Then it blocked my personal Instagram and Arnold's business into Instagram. So we've been completely shut out of all social media. Now, on top of Arnold's, Crown Restaurant Group, who apparently has restaurants around Cincinnati or in Cincinnati, reported similar attacks on four of their restaurants 
Other restaurants were apparently hit, but the article did not disclose them by name. And I think overall, this really underscores just how important it is to calculate reputational risk in any equation for cyber defense strategies. This is one of the things that I talk about when I'm talking uh, you know, to clients about these things is the first thing that we do in cybersecurity is not talk about the firewalls and threat detection systems. We talk about risk. If you cannot quantify what something like this is in your life, then how do you know your properly defending it? How do you know you're taking those proper steps through the entire chain of custody for anything that you're doing to make sure that it is secure from end to end? Quantify and calculate your risk, then talk about strategies on the cyber defense and cybersecurity side. At the end of the day, what cybersecurity is, is a quantification and then technological mitigation of risk on top of policies, procedures, training, all those kinds of things. So this is unbelievably important. And if Arnold and all of them had done that or had been guided to do that, because let's say Chris Berdine, owner of Arnold's, had no idea that this was actually a thing that he could do, then how's he going to know how to do it? We have to be advising our clients on this. So, so if you are putting out a shingle saying you're selling any kind of cybersecurity, and I see this a lot. I walk into organizations, they say, oh, well, I got the cybersecurity package. Here's my firewall. Here's my antivirus. No, those are important, but they are not the be-all, end-all of what cybersecurity is. I can't stress that enough. We talk about risk first. And if I can't quantify that risk for you, all I am is a glorified sales guy just selling you that stupid firewall and threat detection system, which you need, but doesn't do the job completely. So that's so unbelievably important. Those are your news. That's your news, I should say, in breaches of the day. I hope all of those restaurants in Cincinnati are able to get back in. And if anybody at Facebook or Instagram, or social media, uh, anybody is watching or listening to this, reach out to Arnold's, because obviously they didn't mean to do this. They're not the ones posting explicit material. They should be able to get back in and unscrew themselves and, and basically get help hardening themselves down. So there you go. Hopefully everybody's back on their feet. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.